the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thank you for joining us as we get underway at 7 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on this Tuesday. It's the 29th morning of the 10th month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Finally, are we going to do things the right way? Now, the Democrats have the votes to do it. They can make impeachment a political process if they want to make it a political process. But again, they've done all the investigation behind closed doors. Now they're bringing it to a public vote. How about a little investigation out in the public before you bring uh, uh, something uh, to a vote? Uh, the vote is too long in coming, but transparency has been too long in coming as well. Far too long in coming, but apparently it is finally going to arrive. Nancy Pelosi has announced that there will be a vote on moving forward with an official impeachment inquiry, and it will be taken probably on Thursday. It is going to be... Uh, a show vote. We know how exactly how every Republican in the House is going to vote. We know exactly how every Democrat is going to vote. The question is, now that the Republicans will have an opportunity to call witnesses, now that the Republicans will have an opportunity to present evidence, now that they will be able to publicly cross-examine, thereby poking holes in the leaked testimony, which has come out of the bunker-style basement that the Democrats have been operating in so far, Will it be enough to head off an actual impeachment that would be sent to trial in the United States Senate? Congressman Jim Jordan says this is long overdue. If they vote for this next fall, less than 13 months from now, people are going to walk into the voting booth, vote for President Trump, and then the next decision they're going to have to make is, who do I want to support for Congress? And they're going to be thinking, do I really want to vote for the person who just voted to impeach the President of the United States 13 months before an election based on some anonymous whistleblower with no firsthand knowledge who had a bias against the President and worked with Joe Biden? I think they're going to think long and hard about that, but we'll see. And that's exactly those last three points in Jordan's comment are the most important ones. An anonymous whistleblower 
who had second or third hand knowledge, who had a bias against the president. All of this stuff has been has come out over the course of the last uh, month. Had a bias against the president and who had worked with Joe Biden. Also a whistleblower, by the way, whose first step was to go to Adam Schiff, giving Adam Schiff and his staff advanced knowledge of what he wanted to do, if it was even in that order. Rather than Adam Schiff coordinating and colluding with somebody who listens in on those phone calls to say, find me something and bring it to me and me alone. I am the only one you can report to with this so that we can weaponize it long before there is an actual uh, whistleblower complaint filed. Even if they tried to change something and give a little bit of due process, we're all still going to vote against this because this is such a sham and it's been such a sham from the beginning. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think and you can't. You can't undo what they've already done. We've had these eight depositions now. They've been leaking selective parts of it, haven't been following any type of basic due process. So um, you can't undo what they've done. I think this is just one more kind of make it up as you go along example. That is exactly right. But this is the right thing. Moving forward now and making this public, he's right. You can't unring a bell that's already been rung. You cannot get toothpaste back into a tube no matter how much you try. It's not going to work. But... We have to do our best moving forward. And moving forward, now the president can put on a defense. Now the president gets at least a modicum of due process, even though he was denied due process, as Jordan just said, throughout the entirety of this this shadowy, basement, bunkered, cloaked uh, nonsense that Adam Schiff has been perpetrating. Uh, Senator Marco Rubio. They're calling people in every day to testify. Before they even testify, they make sure the press gets their written statement. And then afterwards, they leak out snippets of what was said. You don't get to hear the cross-examination. So it really strikes me as a political exercise, almost like an opposition dump. Every single day, they're just leaking out damaging information into the public narrative uh, without any of the counter-narrative. But all that will have to come to an end at some point. Rubio also said, and this was this morning, that, uh, what well, we already know, that uh, many Democrats had already started their own impeachment proceedings before he was even sworn into office. That's right. They have been looking for a reason to impeach him since before January 20th of 2017. They were looking to impeach him before he actually won the election. Remember, that was the insurance plan, the insurance policy that was being put in place in the unlikely event that he were to beat Hillary Clinton. And all they're doing now is finding the latest example. What can we use to impeach Donald Trump? It hasn't worked yet, and he's a, he's a, he's a year away from being, being reelected. With a strong economy and a strong military and great things happening, he's a year away from, from uh, being reelected. What are we going to use? How can we do this? I know. Let's try the Ukrainian phone call. Only for one reason. I did nothing wrong. The only reason. I had a perfect conversation with the president of Ukraine. Perfect. Had they seen that conversation before they made up the story? They made up the story about that conversation. Had they seen it, we wouldn't even be talking about it right now. The conversation has been perfect. And for that reason, I have tremendous support. I don't know about the word perfect, but I will say no quid pro quo. The Ukrainian uh, president has said that he absolutely did not feel pressured to do anything at any time on that phone call. And moreover, the Ukrainian president did not know that any aid was even being considered to be withheld. So you can't actually actually blackmail, bribe, or threaten somebody with with uh, withholding aid if they don't know anything about it. So none of this stuff makes any sense. It is all a show that is exactly what the Democrats have to do in order to stop the president and the incredible momentum that he and this country have moving forward. They cannot beat him 
at the ballot box. They just can't. Not with this this slate of candidates. And oh my goodness, do we have some news on this slate of candidates that we're going to have to talk about here uh, this morning. Joe Biden and uh, Bernie Sanders, two of the frontrunners, along with Elizabeth Warren to a lesser extent, opening their mouths and inserting both feet by insulting and slandering police officers from one end of this country to the other. Coming up on the program in about 25 minutes, we're going to talk with one of those officers. Uh, um, we're going to talk with Gary Wolski, who is the vice president, or excuse me, president of the Ohio FOP. He's uh, ascended uh, to that point. But we're going to talk to Gary Wolski of the FOP and find out what rank-and-file members of the police forces in this country feel and think about being called racists by the two leading contenders, or two of the three leading contenders for the Democratic nomination, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. We will have that audio for you. Elizabeth Warren has said something similar, not quite as specific, but I will give you this, uh, give you what I do have uh, on that coming up as well. All right, it's 9.15. Let me remind you about the War for America's Soul. The tour is coming up. It is in just, what, 23 days? It's coming up so fast, i got to tell you. The War for America's Soul, which will feature yours truly, along with the brilliant Peter Kersenow, along with the equally brilliant Hugh Hewitt and Dr. Sebastian Gorka, the four of us on stage on November 21st at the Holiday in Rockside in Independence. We want you to be there. There are very few tickets left uh, for uh, VIP dinners. Get one now at whkradio.com. Click on the War for America's Soul Tour uh, banner at the top of the page. Um, it's going to be an amazing event. It really is. We're going to discuss socialism on the horizon. We're going to talk about Iran waging war. We're going to talk about, obviously, the latest in Syria and ISIS now that we have killed and the president has directed the mission that killed Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. But we're also going to talk about domestically what's going on here uh, in our in our homes, in our communities, in our schools, on our college campuses, restricted free speech, restricted religious rights, racial tensions being stoked by the left. The United States faces all of these, and it literally will be a war for America's soul. How can we win this? Rally together with us, discuss with us, strategize with us how to make all of that happen. Get your tickets now at whkradio.com. And by the way, while you are there, think about getting there early and having barbecue, brews, and hue. That's right. Uh, you can also enjoy some appetizers and drinks from Sullivan Brewing Company and have great conversation with Hugh Hewitt. This is a new event. It's a pre-event Um event, I guess. It's a second event, but it's uh, kind of the warm-up act. Hugh Hewitt will be with you uh, at the Rockside, uh, Holiday in Rockside, rather, uh, for Barbecue Brews and Hugh. Get those tickets as well prior to the War for America Soul event, also at whkradio.com. 916, we're back after this. All right, so it's nine twenty one now. I wanna I wanna share some stuff with you that is just I mean, just when you think that maybe the Democrats have gone as low as they can go, just when you think that they um, have made themselves just about as out of touch with the American public as they possibly can, they find a way to go lower. <laughs> 
they find a way to be more out of touch. Two separate incidents now I want to share with you, two of the frontrunners for the Democratic nomination for, for president. And both of them are very disturbing, and both of them are within the last uh, four or five days. Bernie Sanders found himself speaking at the Second Step Presidential Justice Forum uh, just at the end of last week. An African-American student had a question for Bernie Sanders about how to handle police encounters. And Bernie Sanders' response is one that, I mean, almost just defies all reason, logic, common sense, and and uh, get ready to pick your jaw up off of your chest when you hear what Bernie says. Uh, my question is to you. Um, my name is Jamel Lawton. I'm from Bamberg, South Carolina. I'm a sports management major. My question is to you, if I was your son, what advice would you give me the next time I pull over by a police officer? What, what, uh, be, hold that mic a little bit closer. I'm sorry. Uh, what, if, I, if, if I'm your son, what advice would you give me the next time I'd be pulled over by a police officer? Next time you pull over. pull over by a police officer. He doesn't need to hold the mic closer, Bernie. You need to turn the hearing aids up. I would do my best to identify who that police officer is in a polite way, ask him or her for their name. I would respect what they are doing so that you don't get shot in the back of the head. I'll let you marinate in that for a second. Dead air is bad for radio, but I really don't want to speak too much. I want you to listen to that again, and I want you to process it. He told this black student to first get the officer's name. Already you have established a combative relationship with the police officer, because when a police officer pulls you over, it's the police officer who gets to ask the questions. The police officer gives instructions. In the course of the conversation and the exchange, maybe you might take a note of his name. It's going to be on his uniform anyway, as well as his badge number. But asking the officer and putting the officer on the defensive already establishes a compatible relationship. But that is minor compared to the rest of what you just heard. To this African-American student, Bernie Sanders' advice is, get the officer's name, and then be respectful of what he is doing. Why? Because it's the right thing to do under the law? Because respect for law enforcement is paramount to have a a civilized society? Because police officers are there to serve and protect, and there's a reason why he wants to talk to you? No. Respect what he is doing because... I would do my best to identify who that police officer is in a polite way, ask him or her for their name. I would respect what they are doing so that you don't get shot in the back of the head. One of the Democratic frontrunners for the presidential nomination believes that if you're African-American, you have to worry about being shot in the back of the head. Execution, by the way, is what that's known as. It's called execution style by a police officer. That's the message Bernie Sanders has. For blacks and whites, I guess, in this country. Moreover, it's the message he says he has for police officers. Police officers are racists. They will shoot you in the back. 
if you're African-American. That's the message Bernie Sanders has. For police, for blacks, for Americans, that cops are racists at their core. And they are ready and willing to shoot you in a moment's notice. Never mind the fact that all statistics show that is absolutely not true. Never mind the fact that all reason and common sense tell you how absurd that is. That's what Bernie Sanders said out loud. Not to be outdone. Not to be outdone. Joe Biden, who might be the front runner for the presidency for the Democrats, or at least for the nomination, on Saturday at the Second Step Presidential Justice Forum, Joe Biden was asked the following. If I were your daughter, what advice would you give me the next time I am stopped by the police? If you were my daughter, you'd be a Caucasian girl and you wouldn't be pulled over. <laughs> no. No. Um, I'm going to let you just stew in that one, too, for a second. Again, again, dead air being the enemy of talk shows and radio. I don't want to stay totally silent, but think about what you just heard. If you were my daughter, you'd be Caucasian and you wouldn't be pulled over. Because cops don't pull over white girls. Cops don't pull over white people. That's the message you just got from Joe Biden. Police officers are racist. Biden says if you're white, you don't get pulled over. Sanders says if you're black, you get shot in the back of the head. This isn't me. This isn't my supposition. This isn't my paraphrasing. This is the direct audio tape from the Second Step Forum that both Biden and Sanders participated in. If I were your daughter, what advice would you give me the next time I am stopped by the police? If you were my daughter, you'd be a Caucasian girl and you wouldn't be pulled over. (laughs) No. No. And that drew applause. That drew applause from this audience. Officer is, in a polite way, ask him or her for their name. I would respect what they are doing so that you don't get shot in the back of the head. I don't know if I should be more angry about listening to these things or somewhat relieved. Why would I be relieved? They're just getting it out on the table. They're just they're they're putting it out there for all to see. This is who they are. This is what they are. There is no pandering to which they will not stoop. There is no level to which they will not stoop. There is nothing they won't do to try to corral the black vote, to try to say, yes, black America, we think that you also think that this is a racist country run by racist cops. We're on the same mindset or patrolled by racist cops. you got to vote for us because we're with you. Cops don't pull over white people and they shoot black people. It's the worst kind of pandering. The worst kind. But what neither one of these two idiots, and I'll get to Elizabeth Warren in a bit, what what none of these demon rat candidates for president get is that for every black vote they pander for, there are more black people 
who are intelligent, reasonable, and commonsensible who are insulted, insulted by these insinuations, who support law enforcement. African Americans who understand exactly what these two are doing and exactly how wrong-headed their thinking is. And even moreover, there are white Americans who are just as disgusted, and more of them, by the insinuation that our law enforcement is jaded and colored by racist police officers. We're going to get the reaction of one of those officers. Gary Wolski, president of the Ohio FOP, is going to join me after the news on AM 1420, The Answer. Nine thirty-five. Now the Bob France Authority continues. AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Joe Biden. If I were your daughter, what advice would you give me the next time I am stopped by the police? If you were my daughter, you'd be a Caucasian girl, and you wouldn't be pulled over. <laughs> and Bernie Sanders. Respect what they are doing, so that you don't get shot in the back of the head. That's the view of police officers in the United States of America, as told by Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden, two of the frontrunners for the Democratic nomination for President of the United States. Biden says cops don't pull over white people. Sanders says if you're black, you'll get shot in the back of the head if you don't do what you're told. Um, let's find out what cops have to say about that. Gary Wolski is the president of the Fraternal Order of Police in the state of Ohio, joining us now on AM 1420. The answer, Gary, good morning, sir. How are you? morning bob how are you today is is gary okay or did, does it have to be mr president now no 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 president no. Gary's of fine. you know better i know of course they do i'm just having fun with you what is not fun though uh gary is uh is what i'm hearing i mean this the, the, one of these two could very well be the next president of the united states i mean the leader the uh, most powerful man in the free world and they are standing before audiences declaring that Police officers from one end of this country to the other are racist. They don't pull over white people, and if they pull over black people, um, they'll shoot them in the back of the head. I, I mean, this, this is this is beyond the pale, even for these people, Gary Wolski. What's your response as a police officer? It's scary. It's scary to believe, like you said, that one of these two folks could possibly be the next president of the United States. To have those kind of beliefs in this day and age, when and that stuff's just been proven wrong time and time again with, with st- studies and, and such. It, it's insane that these folks are given airtime, press time, ink, all of that to make crazy statements like this. And, How do you know, in reality, file? it doesn't do anything, but I'm sorry. No, 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 please finish. I, th- I thought you were done. Go ahead. It, 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 it doesn't do anything to foster the good relationships that police officers are trying to forge with their communities. It just drives a bigger wedge, and, and as, in, in my opinion, this all started back during the Obama administration when, you know, the, the police being the bad guy became the norm around where we, you know, indicted police officers and, and called them out as murderers and such before the facts were even in. And in most every one of those cases, they were proven to be wrong once they made those crazy statements. So this is just nothing more than a continuation of. That's a, that's a great point. Uh, Gary, I, I completely concur. That's when the war on cops started, was with the Obama administration, and we thought, we hoped 
that that might change under the Trump administration. And sadly, it's it's something that cannot be changed, I suppose, by a president. I think that a president can start this, um, but I think it's impossible for a president, the next president, to fix this. He has been nothing but pro-cop. He has been supportive of law enforcement uh, over and over again. But this narrative that police officers are racist has taken root. It has formed so many movements in this country. It's taught on college campuses. It's taught that cops are racist in high schools. And again, you're hearing it now repeated by these people. How do rank-and-file police officers deal with us on the day-to-day? Well, I think we're seeing in, 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 in the numbers. I mean, there's less and less people taking tests to become police officers. You know, when I got involved in this many, many years ago, it was a great career. I mean, I, I've had a great career in, in, in Garfield Heights. You know, the community treated me very well. And nowadays, you can't get people to want these jobs because who wants to be put on the news every day? Every one of your decisions is second-guessed, and you're, you know, it, it, it's it's crazy. People don't want to do it. it, it it's, it's hurting the communities because they're not getting quality people. They're not getting people, period. Places that used to have two or 300 people taking entrance tests is down to 10 or 20 people taking the test. When you have 20, 10 or 20 people taking the test, that pool is not very deep to get very, very good candidates. So that that's one of the biggest ways, and it's just, you know, crimes don't get solved because people don't trust the police. They won't talk to the police when they go in neighborhoods. Most people in many of these neighborhoods know who commits most of the crimes. Probably they won't talk to the police because of the mistrust that's been, you know, put out there by, by right. these administrations and these politicians. I've got a high school junior son um, who is uh, trying to decide now, as all high school juniors are, or most high school juniors anyway, what I'm going to do with my career, what I'm going to do with my life. If I'm going to college, what I'm going to study, what kind of things might I be interested in. And he has expressed an interest in law enforcement. And when when he told my, my wife and I this, we said to him, what kind? And, and And he said, I don't know, maybe being a police officer. And we immediately said to him, no, forget about it. And so now he's looking at, well, maybe federal things. Maybe get a degree and go and see if he can work for the FBI or something at, at, at a different level because rank-and-file patrolmen out there face what you and I are talking about right now. Now, I have no idea what my son is going to be, 16 years old. But the point is, our first thought was, we wouldn't want to put you through that. We wouldn't want to put you in a place where every time you leave the house, you run the risk of either never coming back because you get killed in the line of duty or ending up on trial for doing your duty because of so many people out there looking to take cops down. And as you talk about recruitment, I would imagine that's exactly what's happening in a lot of other households as well. Oh, sure it is. I mean, just look at the recent incidents this summer in New York where people are allowed to throw buckets of water and buckets and just objects at police officers. And and these men and women are walking away from it because... The leadership in that in that city won't let them do anything. That's insane. That is totally insane. If if a police officer saw you throwing a bucket of water on a normal citizen, you would be arrested for that. But yet right. the police That's don't assault, have the same it? same right. That's insane. Because because oftentimes it's not water. Oftentimes it's different kinds of liquids. I mean, they were throwing bags of urine at police officers and police horses uh, and, and one of these ridiculous things out in Portland uh, two weekends ago. So, so we, we don't even know what these liquids are sometimes. Sometimes yeah, it's I mean, those we're, we're concrete cement cocktails. Go ahead. Yeah, I haven't heard of anything where it's been bleach or acid, but those are things I would be, be in fear of. That that's, that's what these people would be throwing. And it's just, you know, the, the, the narrative has completely switched around over the years. Police used to be respected by most people. 
and, and, and most will still respect the police, but we've got this handful of people in society that, that certain politicians and certain political parties have embraced and told them they could do whatever they want to do, and there's no ramifications for it. You know, a world with no consequences is pretty chaotic. Yeah, that that's very well said. We're talking with Gary Wolski. He's the president of the uh, FOP, the Fraternal Order of Police, in the state of Ohio, and we're talking about uh, issues uh, uh, regarding policing. So let me ask you this, Gary, and not that you this is your job, but if you had to sell, um, you know, young people who have been considering law enforcement for a career but are concerned about all of these things. How do you convince somebody, take the test, come on in, go through the academy? Like you said, the numbers are down. What can you or anybody else say to counter this, that things are going to be okay, and this is a no, well, of course it's a noble profession, but it's a profession that you actually can undertake safely or within reasonable, you know, reasonable boundaries of safety? Yeah, I, I think all you can do is explain them the, the good reasons for getting in. Like you said, it's an honorable profession. You can do 25 or 30 years and have a career and retire with a nice pension and things. But you just have to be cognizant of all the things you just mentioned. That You know, it's an extremely dangerous job. It's gotten more dangerous because of the, the lack of respect for police officers and, and the feeling that you can do whatever you want to a police officer. You don't have to listen to them when they tell you to do things. You know, you know most traffic stops don't go bad until the person that stopped creates a problem. We see over and over on, on YouTube and, and, and Facebook and things like that where, you know, people go in and allege all this brutality and, and wrongdoing by police officers, and when the body cam video is played, guess what? The narrative is 180. Right. You know, and it's and, and that's probably one of the best things that's happened in law enforcement is the body cams, because at least now these men and women have something to fall back on that shows their side of the story. You know, we saw the things in, in many communities where there's just snippets, people on their cell phone videos, and... You know, if you don't see the beginning, the middle, and the end, you lose a lot of the story. But body cam show you all of that. And they're not perfect because they don't show every angle and things like that, but at least of it's course. a continuous a continuous video, so you get to see the whole narrative. And, again, you just have to, I think you just have to convince people that it's a great profession, and you've got to get in for the right reason. You want to help people. You want to make the community safe. That, that's what it's all about. Everybody deserves to be able to live in their little space, in their home, to be safe, and, and to be able to go out and, and be free on the streets and do the things they want to do without interference and without somebody else enforcing their will on them because well, there's a, a roadblock that we're protesting, so we shut down I-90. How insane is that to shut down a major road like that when folks have places to go to have no care about what their concerns are or their protests. We just allow these people to shut down streets. That's craziness. Gary, um, I, tell me about the FOP and politics. Are you guys allowed to be political? Will you issue endorsements of uh, candidates? Yeah, typically we do. And uh, usually the, the process is um, once the two parties have you know, decided on their candidates, um, our leadership and DC, our legislative folks, send out questionnaires to the, to the campaigns, and they respond, and the questionnaires are, are uh, transmitted to the membership. And each state votes, and... Uh, Besides, you know, Ohio will get one vote, and we'll take a poll amongst all, our, all of our folks in Ohio, and uh, we'll turn it into the national office. And they'll send it took sixty percent of the of the states to issue an endorsement. So it's it's not a you know it's not a fifty do, plus one. Let me ask you this, Gary: do you, do you even need questionnaires this year? I mean, seriously, when when you have when you have things like I just played for you. And when you have uh, Elizabeth Warren declaring that the entire criminal justice system, from the police through the sentencing, is is racist, um, 
Uh, do, do, do you even need a questionnaire? I mean, seriously, I, I, I put this on Facebook myself, and you can respond to it any way you wish to wrap this up, Gary. But I said any officer in the United States of America that would vote for the Democrat candidate for president, forget about all the other issues, just based on this issue, any officer that would vote for them ought to just re- resign their, their position immediately. And any family member of an officer who votes for the Democratic nominee when they declare that white people don't get pulled over and black people get shot in the back of the head, anybody who votes for them ought to submit themselves for a psychiatric evaluation. You can respond to that as you wish. Well, personally, I agree with you, but um, you know that's, not, that's just not the way our organization works. We're fair. We want to give everybody the chance. You know, we'll listen to these folks and... You know, I agree. It, it would be extremely difficult, I think, for to see anybody in law enforcement want to support one of the Democratic candidates just because of statements like this. Unless, I'm sure there's some folks, I, I know there's some Democratic folks out there that, that don't have that opinion. And Congressman Ryan was one of those individuals. I, he recently dropped out, but he doesn't support this type of craziness by these folks. So I think it depends on who the candidate winds up being. You know, these are two extremes, and, and you mentioned Elizabeth Warren, Senator Warren. These are folks that, in my mind, they're just doing things to get votes. These are the things that they believe a lot of people want to hear, so they say it, and it's going to win people over that they're going to fix law enforcement, and they know there's a big problem, and, and as you and I are aware, there truly isn't a big problem. It's been made doubly hard by the comments of these politicians who have ginned up all of this racial tension and this anger in the community and this anti-cop atmosphere. I don't know how you do it, but I'm going to thank you and everybody else uh, uh, that wears that badge for doing it. Uh, we need you. We need you. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, I know how hard it is for you to do it, so thank you for, for doing it every day. Thank you, Bob. Have a great day. You too, Gary. Gary Wolski is the president of the Ohio FOP, joining us here on AM 1420, The Answer. I, I, I'm... Sometimes you run out of words. You do. And sometimes you just want to throw up your hands. And sometimes you want to pound the table. And sometimes you want to pound somebody like Bernie Sanders. And, of course, I would never advocate something like that. But uh, but honestly, you know, you just at the very least, uh, I would love to have a face-to-face conversation with Bernie Sanders. Preferably one in which our noses are about an inch apart uh, so that I could make my voice very clear to him uh, when he says things like this, that this is unacceptable unacceptable in the United States of America. Forget about whether he becomes president or not. Forget about who becomes the actual president. He's a senator in the United States Congress, for crying out loud, a member of the United States Senate. He's one of the most 100 powerful legislators in the world. One of the the 535 combined. I mean, honestly, he's a senator, and he said this, for crying out loud. That alone should, should, should call for a rebuke. Or a censorship in the United States Senate, for crying out loud. All right, we'll recompose. Kirsten now joins us after the top of the hour. Back after this. I don't know when the next Democratic debate is, but if some question from the Democratic debate moderators doesn't include a question about this for her for their name i would respect what they are doing so that you don't get shot in the back of the head if someone doesn't challenge bernie sanders on that at the debate then just cancel this entire thing it cannot possibly be a fair election 
It cannot be if someone doesn't challenge Joe Biden on this. If I were your daughter, what advice would you give me the next time I am stopped by the police? If you're my daughter, you'd be a Caucasian girl and you wouldn't be pulled over. <laughs> I, and, and if the Trump campaign doesn't make this a loop, uh, just let I me mean, seriously buy a website and let it run. Those things run on a loop uh, 24-7. If it isn't on every television network during the general election uh, campaign, honestly, I, it's one of the most insulting things that I've ever seen. It's pandering to the nth degree. Fred is in Cleveland on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Fred, go ahead. Now, hi, Bob. I have to say I'm a little disappointed in the uh, leader of the FOP or whatever his title is. I mean, I would have thought there would be extreme outrage on his part and maybe a proclamation that they would never support any Democrat candidate because they all feel the same way. He brings up Tim Ryan and says, oh, Tim Ryan doesn't feel that way. I mean, this is a joke. This is why I think when the election narrows down, the FOP will still give money to the Democrat Party. These guys are all politicians, and uh, you know what I mean? If, if a guy like him is not willing to stand up and scream at the top of his lungs and say this is criminal, (laughs) this is a joke, these people are harming the police, you know, who's going to do it? Nobody. I didn't hear much, you know, much passion. Well, him. Fred, here's 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 the thing you have to understand. Um, number one, he did say these people are harming the police. He did say he condemns this. He did say uh, that he does not support this. But he also pointed out he is the leader of a union. He's the you know as the president of the FOP, the Fraternal Order of Police. He isn't a dictator. He doesn't get to say we will never vote for or support or whatever anybody. Uh, I mean, you heard me. I said, you know, what's even, what do you even need a questionnaire for? Just play this to your membership, uh, and let them, you know, realize you can't vote for that guy. But that's not how, that's not how it works in a free society, in a democrat society, and in a democratically run union. In other words, democratic in the, in, in that people get to vote for their leadership. Um, you know, this is what they do. They, they will submit the questionnaires to all of the candidates and they will bring them back and each member of the union gets to vote for himself. Now, I would be stunned, stunned, I tell you, if it's anything less than 95% of, of, you know, FOP members, uh, that would vote for, uh, the Republican candidate for the incumbent President Trump over this, I'd be stunned if it was any less than 95%. You can't mandate that it be that. And and as far as shouting and being passionate about it, again, this is something that I can shout and be passionate because my profession allows me to do that. I'm a talk show host. I give opinions for a living. I can shout from the top of uh, you know uh, at the top of my lungs about how outrageous this is. But Gary uh, Wolski and other people in his his positions cannot do that. See, this is the one thing that makes them better than us. They're better than me. I won't speak for you, um, but but seriously, Fred, for me. It's how I know they're better than I am. If I was a cop, I'd be so outraged over this, I would be shouting out, I'd be getting myself in trouble, because I then would look like I was the hothead in the loose cannon who, you know, maybe there's some truth to the fact that you better be wary, you know, when you're around cops. These guys keep their heads because they have to. They keep their heads during an interview like this because they have to keep their heads in a crisis situation. They can't fly off the handle in outrage when things happen. 
And when, you know, comments like this are made or when challenges are made at, at traffic uh, pullovers, traffic stops and these kind of things, if they, if they can't keep their head during just a conversation about it on a radio show, then how do we know they can keep their heads when they're actually faced with the crisis situation? So they, that, you know, Gary is, is perfectly appropriately um, going to speak about this with a level head because that's what cops do. I mean, seriously, 99% of them. Uh, we all know there's no profession who is perfect. There are talk show hosts who do terrible things. There are accountants. There are CEOs who embezzle. There are, you know, there are, you know, construction workers. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. You're going to find bad people in every profession, including police. There's no, um, no, there's, there's, there's no perfect person in, in no, in no profession of perfect people. But having said that, Police officers are trained to stay calm in crisis situations, to not panic and to not freak out and do not let the temper their tempers get the best of them. And I'm sure Gary, when he's away from a microphone, probably would play this comment on his computer and shout and scream, that son of a blank. But publicly, they have to keep control, and that's exactly what he did. So try to keep that in mind when you talk about how the cow cops react to situations like this. All right, uh, really, really good conversation with Gary Wolski. If you missed it, make sure you download it and listen to it on our podcast, which is at whkradio.com, whkradio.com. And while you're there, don't forget to buy your tickets for the War for America Soul Tour coming up November 21st and for the Barbecue Brew and Hugh Pre-Event coming up as well. Both those banners are there at whkradio.com. Top of the hour news is next. Kersenow joins us after Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.